Okay, so today we are c concluding the angle. We have concluded it a couple of weeks ago, but today we have agreed for scheduling reasons, purposes, to hold it uh, two weeks after the angle ended, to hold the closing circle. And what I want to do with this today is uh, different than what we've done so far, to try to do something different uh, and to maybe give more importance to a closing circle rather than just concluding and moving on to see if we can not just regret, because that's often what happens, regret not doing what we wanted to do and feeling bad about it, feeling good about it. All those things are secondary. What's primary is that we learn something, we examine it for the purpose of learning, and then apply it next angle. Specifically next angle, but generally apply it to our practice. And if we do it this way, then angles actually work and they make sense, right? Because we, we learn to deepen <clears throat> using that uh, tool of our practice, as Dogen called it. So a few things I want to bring up before we open it up and have everybody uh, share. And um, also I wanted to do it more like a mondo, a discussion, rather than just sharing one by one. All right, so we have more of an open dialogue rather than everybody stands up and says whatever. So a couple of things I want to bring up. If you remember, I quoted a verse, Ru Jing's verse. Actually, Ru Jing was a... Uh, Dogen's teacher, when we started, I quote the verse, I want to go back to that and then um, bring uh, Dogen's commentary, the last part of his commentary about this, about Angle. So the verse says, set your bones, when you begin Angle, set your bones upright upon level ground and to seclude yourself, scooping out a cavern in space, <clears throat> pass instantly beyond the gate of dualities only taking with you a darkness as dark as a black lacquered pale. So that's the verse. And Dogen said a few things about it. At the end, he said, when the angle began, it resembles you giving rise to your spiritual question. And when it comes to an end, it resembles your having torn apart the nets and cages of your delusions. Even though this is how it was, there are some of you who may well personally experience it as hindering you from beginning to end. Meaning, Ango, some of you, some of us, can experience Ango as something that is hindering rather than freeing. A lot to do, right? Too much to do. I got to be there. I got to be on time. I got to participate in events. I got to sit or whatever. I got to write back to the Sangha or whatever it is that we agreed to do as a Sangha together. So this can be experienced, what Dogen is saying, that all this can be experienced as hindering, although it is designed to free us. And if we don't look at that, and if we kind of like take a sigh of relief at the end of each angle, then there is a danger there of not using angle correctly. And it's a waste. It really is a waste of a, of a precious tool that we could use a lot better. So few things I want to bring up, points, and then uh, we'll open it up. The Ango theme was Sangha. What is the role of a Sangha? What do we expect of a Sangha? What do we expect of ourselves being a part of a Sangha? What does it mean? 
to have a Sangha, to be a part of a Sangha. How do we understand being liable for each other, to one another, as practitioners in a Sangha, but also as human beings beyond this, what we call a Sangha? How did you work with upholding your commitments? How do you feel about it now? You know, do you feel that your practice is stronger, deeper? Do you feel more energized, more encouraged, or discouraged? How do you feel about future Angus? What can we do to make it more supportive, to make it, uh, to help us all go deeper? What do we need to maybe not do? What is getting in the way of us going deeper in terms of practicing within an angle? And discipline practice, what is discipline? How do we understand discipline practice? If, again, if, we, if there is a sigh of relief after something like this, then we can, we're not looking at uh, discipline in the correct way. We're seeing it as a chore. And that's not what it's meant to be or meant to do. In fact, it's meant to free us, not trap us. In terms of discipline, I brought it up before, but I want to bring it up again. Uh, To be at, to be here, to be on your cushion at least five minutes before we start zazen. Is that too much to ask? Why can't we do it? Why are we not all doing it? And this is not criticism, because again, if we see that as criticism, again we get trapped by ourselves. Be here five minutes before, at least five minutes before Zazen starts, is not there to chastise anybody, is not there to make your life difficult. That advice is there to free us. How do we understand that? And then, lastly, uh, practicing between Ango. How do we understand Ango? The purpose of Ango is to tighten up the slack, spiritually speaking, right? How do we understand tightening up the slack when we, in a way, let our hair go back, right? So we relax. We let ourselves go loose. How do we tighten up the slack while we go on vacation? while we sit back and relax and do nothing. So, as the shuso, would you like to go first? <laughs> you thought you're done, huh? <laughs> well, uh, my practice obviously um, has deepened, um, you know, for a variety of reasons. You know, one specifically, um, being in that position, having that role of sushi, you know, I, I thought I took it pretty seriously, not, not too seriously, um, because then I would have just, you know, started freaking out. <laughs> but, uh, you know, seriously enough, as, as serious as it needed to be. Um, what's the phrase that you use? Um, it's uh, not rigid, something but not rigid. Don't take it lightly, don't give it weight. Right, right. Dogen. So that's what I tried to do. Um, so and, and that was um, and that was really uh, a helpful a helpful approach. Um, 
because it was a serious position, it was a serious thing, and it wasn't easy to do. Um, but uh, it was extremely rewarding and, and a lot of fun at the end. That day, it was a lot of fun for me. So uh, I thank you all for that. Um, as, as far as the, the, the theme, Sangha, um, you know, I, I alluded to it a little bit in my, in my talk, but uh, in, intimate family style, right? Um, you know, just being committed to each other and what we do with each other and, you know, in the training hall and outside the training hall, I think is very important. And I think a lot of that started to arise with us as a group um, from my perspective, from what I saw. You know, and being a newcomer, um, you know, I, I went back and uh, I was on the website and I was looking at the gallery pictures of old ceremonies and things like that. And, you know, some of you have been together for a very long time, you know, and, uh, you know, that's a testament to, to the group. And, you know, as new people come in, as that core group just gets stronger and stronger, it's an inspiration for all the newcomers um, to see that. Um, so, you know, with someone like me, you know, I think I'm coming here and I'm going to help you build a saga. There is a saga. The saga's here, it's been here, and it's, it's growing, it's evolving, it's transforming, and, and you know, that's a beautiful thing to see. Um, as far as, as my commitments personally, um, I, I basically looked at it two different ways. I, I made some resolutions and then I made some commitments. And, and resolutions I saw more as um, kind of scheduling things, like, like being um, here Tuesdays and, and Sundays, um, you know, being here five minutes early, you know, things like that. You know, eating right, you know, doing all the required readings and, and things like that. Just, just trying to stay organized and disciplined. Um, so, you know, I, I probably give, give myself like a B. You know, there were some things that I didn't quite do as well as I wanted to and some things I, I, I kind of did okay. Um, and then as far as my commitments went, um, my, my main commitment was that to be hum more harmonious, to have a more harmonious life. You know, inside myself and outside myself. So I spent a lot of time trying to work on that. And, you know, I think as we talked about in the beginning, you know, um, to, to be harmonious, um, you know, requires a certain level of maturity because you have to know when to be weak. You have to be weak when it's required to be weak, and you have to be strong when it's required to be strong. So there's no one size fits all for every situation. So to flow harmoniously with, for me, in my life meant that sometimes I had to let go of things and sometimes I had to grasp onto things when it was appropriate, just to be more in the flow of what was actually happening. So that's kind of how my, um, I don't And I could, have, could not have done it without all of you, so again, thank you all so much for all of your help and support. Okay. Next. We don't have to go in order, so anybody is fine. Yeah. couldn't 
but everybody kind of would take turns maybe stopping and waiting with me while I let her catch her breath. Sal actually carried her over some of the boulders. Um, this is very kind of, you know, keep going for so just giving emotional support, petting her, or encouraging her, or physically caring her, um, it was very nice, I think, the way that everyone kind of came together without really even asking, just people were like, oh, I see me, I'm going to help here. So I thought, um, so, you know, we work on Sala here, but it was a very nice visual way to see how we work on it even outside of the setting. Um, in terms of my personal commitments, um, I was working on exploring boundaries of discipline and moving um, with discipline, but also not too rigidly. Um, so I think for me, exploring this, sometimes I fell on the side of too much discipline, sometimes a little too loose, but kind of moving back and forth between the two, trying to find um, Find the balance between those, um, and I think it's, I think it helps to explore, to push one way and then the other, kind of see where it feels like it's the, the right flow. Um, also examining how I move or where I'm moving from. As you were talking about beating the drum, it's the, it's the how. It doesn't matter as much what you're doing. It's kind of what's moving you to do that and what's coming for you. So, um, I think the ways that I do that, it, it shows up kind of for me first here. You really can kind of connect to something a little bit deeper maybe, and then see how you can bring that to your personal life. So for something like running, um, can I connect with a higher source when I'm running? Does that change the goal or the outcome of what they about the experience? Um, and it does make a difference in, I think, for all of your relationships and when you're from a deeper place here and outside of here. And how, how do you connect with that deeply so that more and more that's where you're living from? So going forward, in a few words, uh, well, looking back, going forward, right? What can we do different? What is it that uh, you think we did not do that we can do for the next angle? that can be beneficial for us. In terms of Sangha, right, because Sangha is not a theme that we, like any theme, right, we don't pick it up and then drop it uh, for the next angle. We do want to deepen our Sangha, our connections with every passing angle, right? So even when we work on different themes, what can we do better? Whether it's communication, whether it's here, whether it's events, um, whether it's sitting, um, so, I think two things come to mind, um, and sometimes I think we do this really well, and sometimes I think we do better. One is being aware of everybody and trying to see how to keep things flowing 
does everyone have what they need? Are we all working together as one? Um, and there are a lot of ways that we do that things that we get super working making sure we have the cushions, um, those kind of things, taking care of each other, making sure we're all here um, in the same space and have everything. Uh, the other thing I would say is uh, what helps me feel a piece of this is we're all still sitting deeply. Um, and that kind of energy, it builds everybody up. When you start seeing somebody wiggle a little, it gives you the leeway to wiggle a little. So, and, and that also can degrade the scenario. So you're being mindful of your own practice and knowing that it affects the mm -hmm. So be, in terms of being liable for one another, right, that's something that's very important. That could very easily become an issue, right, and people feeling really bad that, you know, oh, I'm very fidgety today, right, I'm restless today, right, and the purpose is not to make us feel bad when we are restless, right, because there are times that we are restless and there are times that we can't do a whole lot about it. And it takes over, and it's very powerful. Those are very powerful energies, right? So then, two things are there, right? So then we have to remember that we are liable to one another, right, for each other. So we have to pay attention to that. And then when somebody is experiencing those energies, intense energies, all of us are actually more liable to give that the power of our sitting to that particular person or people at times like that, right? So we can support through our practice, through our breath, through our being, whatever the person is going through. Right, so it's not, again, it's not chastising, it's not feeling bad. Those are all things we put on our practice, but they don't come out of practice. Practice is there to show us that this is what we do, and it's unneeded, it's not necessary. We, we keep saying, you know, we're, here, we're not here to judge, we're not here to mm -hmm. criticize, we're here to support. We bring the judgments, but we're here to allow, fine, even judgments. We allow the judgments to be free to move around, right? So yes, this is very important, right? That being liable for one another. Go ahead. I was going to say, I think that when we are in the not a given that if somebody's fidgety, that it's leaking energy in a terrible way, that um, if the majority of the group is sitting with strength and some degree of composure, mm -hmm. that that can contain the person who's fidgety, um, and that I can see in myself that something can bother me or it cannot bother me. So what is that? That is not the other person. Um, I mean, I used to go to retreats where people were encouraged to yell and scream to release their emotions. <laughs> so that is a different story. That is not what's um, happening here. So um, I think it's, again, an issue, a thing of not too tight, not too loose, and... Um, Right, it's, it's a good point, right? By itself, it doesn't mean that, that somebody will leak. But the danger in that, in that is that energies are looking for the same energies. And so if this kind of energy comes up, we have to be very aware 
that we don't give in to that and then wake up. This will wake up our own uh, fidgetness, right? Or restlessness or unease. And that's where we have to be liable for that, right? So we have to be more aware. It's not a given. It's true. What you're saying is very true. It's not a given that, you know, if one person is or two people are restless, then that's it for that period. It's gone. It's out the window. Not at all. But it means we have to look at it deeper. Right. The strength that the yeah. can have contained. Yes. We have to recognize the, the, the danger in that. Yes. Right? And then be more aware of how we feel, of how, yes. or, or the state of our zazen yes. at moments like that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's what we want to give. Rather than, you know, so, so the re- energy goes different directions. We can actually apply it to that person. Right. Rather than take on <laughs> and then start the party right. of restlessness. Or maybe we are highly affected. Maybe we are. We have to be aware of that. And we can be aware of that and yeah. see where we have. Yeah. That's the uns- those see are the where unspoken. We have choice and where we don't have choice. Just how I'm practicing. Yeah. Trying to practice. Where do I have a choice? Where do I not have a choice yet? And where am I not willing to make? certain choices. Yeah. Yeah. The unspoken ways in which we help each other, support each other, connect with each other. Yeah, I was just going to say, it's important to remember that Sangha's there to support each other and not to judge each other's restlessness. You know, I think it depends on the motivation for the restlessness as well and not being like um, seeing somebody move and automatically assuming that it's just because they don't sit well or, or because they slack. Because, because they slack off so with their practice. Right. Right. It's so easy to get into that groove or not. But yeah. also and that, that opens the door for you to say, Okay, I'm going to so, you know. Right. <laughs> um, I'm so I'm, I'm sitting so well, you know. True. And it's not about how well you sit, it's about how we can be there for each other. Strength, actually, 
actually need this and use it and support others to do that. Yeah. yeah. I had a really intense experience, but I can, I can share another time. But, um, yeah, that's, that's important. Yeah. Taiken, you, you wanted to comment on that? No. Okay. okay. Tyler, yeah. Just, uh, kind of piggybacking off of that, it seems like we have to allow for two types of spaces in the sense of, I remember you commenting sometimes you look at people sitting and they have this like furrowed look on their face like because they're just like trying to hold it all together and it's, yes, it's a painful experience but that pain shouldn't necessarily be coming from us trying so hard to just endure it, to, to, to withstand it and outlast the pain. And we're trying to create a space where that's not how we should be sitting and we're also trying to create a space that with others who are maybe having an easier time with it, it allows space for you to fall down, whether it's fidgeting or if it's scratching or uh, coughing or whatever, to fall down and get back up again and not just keep rolling down the hill, mm -hmm. which I think is the fear that we're trying to create here is that by one movement, the uh, avalanche happens. And instead, it should just be the movement happens because you're listening to your body, you're tuned into it, and you can kind of get back in the center again. And I think when everybody is like really on it, you know, whether it's, you know, in, in any form of Zazen, there's a handful of you that I look at and go, God, you're always upright. <laughs> like, how, how do you do this? You know, um, so such a consistent basis, you can set a watch to it. Um, that seeing that should be empowering, it shouldn't be couched in, in shame or, or that I'm not good enough. It, there is no good enough. No one's gonna become a professional, you know, it's not a, isn't, there's no uh, graduation to, you know, certain things is, 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 these are things that we deal with and they come and go and it's often never when we actually want them to. It's never on our terms and I think growing more comfortable with that, even if you set the intention yeah. of, of it. So in terms of your angle, your personal angle, <clears throat> uh, how do you feel about that? How do you feel about what you did? How do you feel about how you want to move forward? I think a lot of what I said at least, I don't know if I would have been able to say it at the beginning of Ongo. Um, personal shifts in my life, what have you, kind of conflicted with one of my commitments, which was getting a better relationship with discipline and rigidity. And I wanted to be 30 minutes a day, no matter what, get to the Zendo. Work happens and I'm not able to make the Zendo and then I'm making up reasons why I can't sit. You know, and I kind of had to come to terms with trying to not understand it as a compromise if I was only able to get an attempt at 15 minutes that day or something more. You know, even still I'm dealing with this sometimes too with the varying things in my life that pull on, on me and require commitment where it's been pretty consistent where I come here on a Sunday and maybe the first third to a half of it I'm feeling the intense energy of like being irresponsible for being here. When I feel like there's so many other things that I should be paying attention to that don't involve me sitting on a cushion for, from eating until, until I do, you know, and even though I come out of it at the end going, 
I needed that. I'm glad I allowed myself that space to do that. But there's that insatiable energy of like, there's so much to do. I have to go see this person. I'm not spending enough time with my pets. I'm not spending enough time with my parents. I'm not cleaning the house. I'm not, you know, doing so much <laughs> all the time. And that feeling that everybody says of oh, there's not enough hours in the day kind of thing. Of, no, maybe I just need to manage my time better. But so getting out of that, and like I said, not looking at those 10 to 15 minutes as, as either compromises or being irresponsible with my time or anything. I'm just dealing with what is this mm -hmm. So there's more clarity there's, in terms of working with it or understanding how to work with it? Yeah, and there's, there's I'm not so quick to bust out the mm -hmm. mm -hmm. and, and chastise myself. That's a big step. Thank you. Okay, who is next? Go. I kind of relate a lot to what you're saying as far as, um, you know, uh, sometimes when you're sitting and you're thinking about a thousand and one things that should be taken, uh, you should be doing, um, especially uh, when things uh, change and you, you're going to and go and you say, oh, I have all this time and all this space that I can really work with and really keep my commitments and you come in here all around and says, you know, I'm going to be doing this and I'm going to be doing that and it's, you know, you already in your mind, you see the space that you already have and then things change in your job or your responsibilities and you're like, okay, where did my time go? Because I had all this time carved out and now I have a responsibility for this and responsibility for that. So if you sit and you think like, I should be doing these things because I need this information for this, for my responsibilities at work. And I should be reading my book and instead I'm researching information about some equipment and some things that I need to have for, to provide for my students. And I'm like, you feel like you're being, you know, torn apart because you have this commitment and then you have this responsibility and you're like, oh my God, you know, uh, how can I meet both of them? And yeah, if I sit and I take care of this, I say, yeah, I'm taking care of my spiritual, I'm taking care of my angle. And then I go in the next day and I didn't take time to research what I needed to research. They ask me questions and I'm like blank. Um, yeah, I didn't have the time to really look through it. Especially if it's anything that has to do with technology, where I have to go in there and research and look. If somebody takes them 15 minutes, it's going to take me a lot longer, so I have to take out more time to do this. So that's my frustration. But those, I know that those are things that I need to, to work with. But um, as far as, you know, um, you know what but work and um, what I saw that was working and, and I, I one of my commitment was to be involved and write more and you know um, you know stay connected yeah, emails and everything else and when I went in there it, it was very difficult for me for the like to kind of okay what conversation is going on like where do I come and where do I like it the, the setup of the, the, the website or the to me, it was a little confusing, so I said, okay, I went and I read, and I said, okay, thank you, I liked it, but if for me to comment, I said, well, where do I, where do I respond, or where, where do I, you know, or where do I put in my 10 cents, or my 5 cents, or whatever, 
to contribute. So for me, it was a little uh, kind of confusing. So I was like, yeah, I'm afraid that if I hit something, I'm going to do something wrong. So I guess the fear of not um, really knowing how to maneuver myself through it, it's kind of okay. I mean, I read it, but I just kind of like uh, stay and not really commented as much as I, I would have. Um, and I, I, you know, I mentioned it to George and says we have a AVs uh, thing on um, um, inside timer, and there's only things like four members on it. For me, something like that, just to go in there and and it, I'm doing something and I hear bing, oh somebody's on on inside timer. Let me go see what they commented, and then you go in there. Oh, I like that comment, or you put in a little comment. For me, that format was just so easy because there is an inside timer and there's a lot of groups in there and everybody goes in there and comments and everything so that format for me is so easy you know and i guess you know um george and i and i think uh Carmine. and i think um, it actually is very easy to use it's, it's very we encourage people to use it because we always have it with us because it's on our phone and it's everywhere yeah. we are so it's just a couple of things about that <clears throat> Um, Major. So two things that are important in what you said. First of all, there is learning to be more efficient with uh, how we use our time, right? Yeah. So then we don't walk around with so much guilt for not doing or for wasting my time and all that. Yes. A lot of it has to do with actually, uh, and discipline, of course, is a big part of it, right? It comes in, you know, where in my day am I actually not doing what I need to be doing or where can I do it, mm -hmm. right? When? Because when we look at our, at our day, we look at what we do, there are times we can, I mean, we can do a lot better, right, in terms of efficiency. Uh, and then the other thing in that, you know, I don't want to mess up. Well, why not? Mess up. You say, I don't want to, you know, break something. I want to comment or press something. Well, take a chance. It doesn't really matter, actually. And this is, this by itself is a form of practice. Mm -hmm. What's the big deal? So, you know, what's going to happen? Yeah. Right? So you do, you, you give it a shot. You try. Or... Or you ask, right? You ask. And this is another uh, way Sangha is, is very important, right? Or can be very uh, conducive, right? So you ask a question. You reach out, you a text or phone call or whatever. How do I do it? Mm -hmm. Then you're told and then you learn something new and you do it. You apply it. Mm -hmm. So in terms of changing, yeah, that's a way to change it, right? Mm -hmm. the, the, one of the reasons why we just to comment on that, why we chose this format mm -hmm. is because it's confidential and secured. Yes. And we wanted to allow a secured uh, format or forum for people to express themselves knowing this stays there. Mm -hmm. And the people that are part of that are only people that we know that are part of a Sangha. Yes. So that's why we, we don't allow everybody to get on board. Mm -hmm. And if somebody's no longer part of a Sangha, they are not going to be able to get in there. So, you know, and that's how we're going to keep monitoring it, right? So then when we express ourselves, it can be open and free, not worrying about who's going to read that. I don't know who's going to read that. Right? So that, that's really what's behind that. Yeah, get better at it. Exactly. No big deal. Seriously. Can you come by to work? We'll just show you exactly, yeah, so that you're familiar with it. Yeah. And, and you're going to pop us starting. Wonderful. Thank you.
Right, but that could be that could be a way to that could be a way to walk on it and then free yourself from that and move on. So I think uh, the other, my other commitments, I set up technology really well. <laughs> I did that very well. That was like the commitment that I was able to to follow through, and um, you know, my my, my um, uh, embodiment. Um, so um, I, you know, I've been doing my yoga and I've been doing my walking, and everything else. I have to, you know, take more time to do my reading. I also have to learn to kind of when to say yes and when to say no. You know, uh, I'm still struggling with that. I, I still have the tendency that I want to be there for everyone, say yes to everything, participate in everything. And sometimes, you know, um, I feel like if somebody's going to say yes to me, I want it to be um, wholeheartedly. Like you're, you said yes wholeheartedly and you really want to be here and you really want to help me and you really want to be, you know, part of whatever it is that I'm doing. Not like I feel like I'm dragging you or it's an obligation mm -hmm. that you have to be here. I don't want that energy right. and I don't want that commitment with those conditions. I'd rather somebody say yes because it's really in their heart to you know to be there to to share that time right so i want to show up that way and i want people to show up that way in my life as well so if it's uh there have other commitments somewhere else that it's a, a priority i rather than say you know i can't do it today or i you know i have other commitments it's going to like well i feel like i have to be there because what are they going to think i'm not going to think anything what needs to change, what needs to change is the clarity, the clarity you cultivate within, yes. right? You know, you're going to encounter a lot of that, but the clarity you cultivate within will make it easier for you to move on and then choose what to focus on. Yes. And that's the practice, right? This is what you want to look at. You don't know what people think, say, or want to think, or, and that doesn't really matter that much. But your practice is to shed light on what's going on within and to just put it aside. If it needs to be put aside, you put it aside and then you clear the path for the next assignment, for the next project, for whatever it is you need to do. Um, yeah, so the intention to, the intention yeah. to, yeah, the intention is, uh, I guess, what, what we need to focus on, uh, what we intend to do and, and you know, how do we approach, yeah. like you say, our angle, how do we approach our sessions, how do we approach being here on, on Sundays and you know spending the time, especially when sometimes you would rather be somewhere else, you know. Um, but what you know, for, like for me, like this morning even I, I woke up and I'm like I don't even feel like going because mm -hmm. I woke up in pain. Right. But then I got up and I took care of the pain and then I was fine, you know. But my my first instinct this morning I was like, nah, that's not where I want to be right now. Yeah. And um, I'm glad I was able to work through it and that I was able to, to be here because, again, supporting the Sunglass. I want to be some, somewhere else is something we, we often experience. Yes. We have to, really, very important that we, we remember, or at least experience maybe to some level, that we cannot be anywhere else, ever, ever. 
There is no other place I can be at. It's a very important part of practice. There is no other place. And it actually quells a lot of the restlessness. Because then you can truly settle in. So work with that. Okay, anyone else? Next, yes. I just wanted to say basically that we, we, looks like we have a lot of expectations mm -hmm. and chores and things to do, they're always going to be there. It doesn't matter what you're going to do, they're going to wait, be waiting for you. And I always think about being here and, and doing Zazen, it provides clarity to some extent. Sitting here, you come here, you know, before you come here, it's the mind was like this, you come out of here, it's easy cast easier. Mm -hmm. To some extent. Yes, sometimes it takes some work to destroy everything. But you know, you come back and you charge. Mm -hmm. And this is what Shanga is about. It, it's like we are dropping and going to the hope to the lake might be a little fun. To get more oxygen. Yes. Uh, yeah. But you get clarity and all of a sudden it's like, oh there's no problem, we're gonna go this way, I'm gonna get this. I have problems always I'm doing things and after I'm doing it, did I did the right thing, would I come something better? This just cuts through the whole crap. So, so uh, in terms of not being here, right? So uh, you were out, you were away for was it a month or so? Was it a few weeks, right? Uh, right. So, how did that feel? And uh, did you feel connected while being away? Did you feel that our practice as a sangha supported you? Uh, I feel supported and I feel that, I mean, I'm trying to build this in me, but, you know, wherever I am, I have to be at home, so to speak. I'm mm -hmm. trying to. It's not always easy, but that's the, the aspect. Right. So if I'm here, I'm here, if I'm there, there. So that's, I think it's part of this energy with, with the sharks. Somehow. Yeah. But, um, you know, so like whatever you do, you just, you are there, you, you focus on it. So you, so you felt it, you feel it helped your, your ongo, it kept your ongo going, although you were not physically present here. Because it's very important. And uh, the reason I'm asking is because we have a bunch of Sangha members who are not present, who are not in this area, right? They're from somewhere else, from other states, other countries. And uh, what we do has to transcend that those the, the gaps, the barriers, the distance. So it serves a lot more than that, actually. It matters to a lot of people. Mm. Right? The strength that we cultivate can support other people who are not around here on a regular basis, or hardly ever. So, it's a good perspective. Uh, yeah. Okay. I just wanted to say a couple things about, um, and then I, I wanted to talk about. Yeah. Okay. So, in turn, I didn't mean to be judgmental about the insight timer thing. I I was only speaking from personal experience, mm -hmm. having the phone around with me so much, mm -hmm. and then getting into the insight timer and what did this person say and what did that person say. It's a good format because it's immediately available. But um, I got too caught up in, and then I get caught up in the phone, you know? And then it becomes like a distraction mm -hmm. from Sangha, you know, and from my practice. So that's, that's the only reason why I said that I didn't want to. Yeah, like, yeah. 
No, I just no, I I felt that I needed to say yeah. that because I yeah I don't want to come across that. Also, you know, in terms of moving, um, what I was saying about moving um, during the city, because um, you know I do look around a lot, you know, in GP, and you know I do see a lot of nose scratching and and rocking back and forth and just this and gotta do this and you know the fingers want to move. Um, and in terms of what you were saying, Jose, about, about holding that, you know, um, I think it's important to not move every time you're, you're not slowly move. And, and just to put it in the space of the sangha. To feel like you have this feeling, you want to move, you want to itch something, scratch something, you want to, you know, put it in the middle, no matter how painful it is. Put it, put it in our circle and we'll support you through it. Just knowing that it's not everything, right? At that moment, that pain isn't every, isn't your whole life. Is, is really important, and I think it's important to put it out there um, for everybody to hold. It's not just you that's holding it, in other words. It's, it's everybody that's holding it. Here, can, can you hold this for me? You know? It's almost like, it's in you know, Christianity, it's like, you're bearing a cross, right? But you're bearing a cross for everybody, right? So it's just holding whatever pain that is, whatever sadness that is. It's just being able to offer that and can you help me hold this up? You know, that's really important. Um, my commitment, well, I was at everything. <laughs> I was at all the events I said of me. Um, I was pretty much at Aikido. Um, when I said it would be. 60 minutes per day did not work for me um, because I got up at 5 o'clock in the morning and I was exhausted. Um, well, as the year progressed, it was just like, five, no, no more five. Um, maybe 5.30 is good. Um, so that was super cool. Um, in terms of my personal commitments, um, you know, being, being vulnerable is, is very, very difficult. Um, I think the most difficult part is being vulnerable with yourself and seeing yourself as you are, you know, and, and that's hard to connect with. So I think what I needed to work on, and I fluctuated too, I fluctuated between being vulnerable and allowing people to see that and, and don't look at me, look at that, you know, so. I tend to fluctuate because it's very hard to stay with that normal. Um, talk about putting something in the middle, right? Um, very hard to stay with it. Um, so I think I just have to start with myself and being vulnerable with myself. Um, that was one of the commitments, the personal commitments that I made during sitting on being more vulnerable. But I just felt this incredible restlessness. Like, don't look at it. And then sometimes I would get these really good insights. And I would well, I have to use that. You know, I have to sit with that. But then the restlessness would kick in again and don't look at it. You know, don't feel that. I think for me, it's don't feel that. You know, you can't feel that. Don't look at it. You know, so it's very painful. So I think for the next time, 
I definitely want to put that out there because before you can be vulnerable with everybody, you have to be vulnerable with yourself. And I don't think I can. So I want to move on that. So who did not speak yet? Yes. And then you. Okay. All right. So, so you know, it's funny because since they said this to me quite a few times in the past, when we sit to do a koan, Dakusan, life seems, seems to be my own ongoing koan lately. Um, a lot. I, a lot of that I, I think is because I, I have over the course of my practice, put myself out there in a lot of different ways, doing a lot of things that are very new to me, you know, and, and, and these days, it's like I wake up and I have no idea what to expect like on any given day. I don't know what's going to happen. It's going to be a stressful day. It's going to be an easy day. Um, what are we going to be able to accomplish or not accomplish? And, you know, there's a certain freedom in that. There's a certain freedom in just trusting that something's going to happen today. And whatever it is, you're going to be able to deal with it and cope with it, or enjoy it, you know, and uh, you know, possibly help others get through it, or take another step toward your dreams, or this, or whatever it happens to be. And it's it's kind of neat. And in, and in retrospect, you know, my this particular angle was very crazy for me. Um, I didn't keep a lot of the commitments that I set for myself this angle. Sitting stuff, being here, um, most of it I kept. A couple of Sundays I just couldn't because of work obligations. But my sitting is my sitting. I, I, I tend to sit well. I, I don't think somebody mentioned. You know, we all have our issues when we sit. We are, we are all uncomfortable, regardless of how we how well we may appear to sit. There's always that discomfort that we go through. There's always that that transition that we're making. There's always that fighting the urges to scratch the nose or the head. Or, um, you know, for, for me, discipline is a huge part of that. Um, I'm, it's just, it's, it's a cool experience. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's neat to be in a place where your mind can be telling you, oh my God, you have to itch this right now, and not to do it. <laughs> it's like a big deal. It's like, you know, it's, it really is strengthening something in, in your mind that says no. You know, you, 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 whoever's saying this, is part of my brain that wants me to scratch my face. Um, not this time. Mm-hmm. Not this time. I'm, I, I was told to sit still, and I'm going to sit still. And you do get over it. You do, those, those things do dissipate. Those itches go away. Let me just say something about that. And I was told, I decided, it's, in, it's a voluntary restriction. Everything we do is actually voluntary, yes. right? It's very important, right? It's not that we have to just do what, you know, what it says or what somebody said. It's voluntary restriction. Right. 
we have the freedom to get up and walk away any time at any given time that's what makes it so powerful yes I think that's what gives discipline its power yeah because we like, we know that I don't have to do this I don't have to do anything I have to listen I don't have to I can just pretend you know and when anybody's looking I'll sit really still and when nobody's looking I'll yeah but who's that hurting you know what, what strength am I building by doing it who am I fooling right right and it, and it definitely applies to you know being supportive of the sangha and um and you know saying that hey listen it's possible it's possible to sit still mm-hmm. believe it or not we had a uh we had the funniest conversation at work because i have a young kid that works for me and uh he thinks that you know oh this is what you guys do you sit like this and you're sitting on the floor and, and you you just sit like this and you're still for for half hour or whatever and I'm like, yeah, that's all. That's all it is. And we, we actually put money, a lot of money on the table if he would do it for 10 minutes. And he wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I should offer him like a ridiculous, well, I use, yeah, that could be a thousand dollars if you could do it for 15 minutes. And, and he, he knew <laughs> 10 minutes, right? But, you know, it's one of those things where you have to experience it to, to understand it. And, and um, none of this is easy for, for any of us. I think it's an ongoing practice. But the thing about those little urges and saying no to scratching your face, I think also pertains to our our outside world, if you will, because that, that's kind of inside stuff. But everything that we do, everything that we want to accomplish, comes down to a conscious decision. You know, it's, it's the same thing. Yes, you, you, can, you can walk out the door at, at any moment. And the same thing is true in life. You can ignore any one thing in life and say, oh, I don't want to deal with this. At any, any given moment, well, what is that really doing for you? You know, what strength are you building as a result of ignoring something in life? Um, and that, that's been my entire ongoing experience. Um, that, that's more than anything is what I've learned is how to kind of just continue to roll and adapt um, to to life as it unfolds. Um, not to have the expectations. Not to, you know, I put my book away a long time ago. I, if I can't make it to an ongoing period, if I can't make it on a Sunday or, or something, um, yeah. and now I'm, on, now I'm on this other thing, whatever that other thing happens to be. Um, I will say that I, I feel the support of this song tremendously because I always know, and I wasn't able to make it to Sashin this year, um, that was strength. But uh, I, I, as I'm working, I'm looking at the clock, this is what they're doing right now. They're sitting now, and they're having lunch now, and they're, you know, uh, whatever it happens to be, I was there. <coughs> Spiritually, I was there. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's extremely supportive to know that it's it's still going on. Mm-hmm. It's still happening. Um, you know, you know, it's unfortunate to, to not be able to make it, but it's still there, and you come back. And, you know, a lot of it has to do with your support and your support and the entire Sunday support to know that. You know, I couldn't make it here last Sunday, but I'm coming this Sunday, and... Yeah. I can do that. And right. If you turn, nobody, no one lifts an eyebrow, no one says anything. Well, there is continuity, and the continuity is not interrupted by missing a day. And that's very important, right? There is continuity, it keeps going. Yeah. So I want to apply, I want to continue applying that next time, though. You know, I really am in this place of dwelling nowhere, um, trusting in the unknown. Um, I had a series of events over the course of the time that took place even just culminating yesterday um, where you, you start to realize and little things pop up to remind you that life 
is short and precious. And we have to do these things now. We have to do the things that we want to do, the things that we have to do, the things that are important to us um, now, because there's no other time, because time is swiftly passing by. Yes. Very true. Uh, one more quick thing. I wanted to thank Kyle also because you were kind of an inspiration. You did you did such an amazing job. You really did. I really um, you really inspired me, and uh, you know I'm looking forward to again just delving deeper into my practice um, as a result of seeing how you know how, how well you did and how how seriously you did take it. As seriously as at whatever level that was for you. Uh, it was very inspiring. So thank you. Okay, who did not speak yet? Yes. Oh, yeah, actually, uh, Astrid was going to go next. Yes. Me? Yes, and then so, Vincent. Because <coughs> it wasn't like first time, all right? I picked this stuff to do like things that you normally would do, like 20 minute, minutes of sitting at home, like easy 20 minutes. Sometimes 15, sometimes 10, every day, sometimes five days a week, sometimes four, so there, but when I was like, okay, it's like a diet, right? I'm going to eat this stuff, and then you break the diet and you forget about the diet. This is not like, a, like, like that. You have to have the continuity, and this is not over, the angle is not over, so you start again, and you do it again. Reading one book a month was easy because we have the yukai, we have the student book and everything, that's easy, but I want more. But I'm more like a listener than a speaker, right? So um, I have audiobooks now, so that's what I'm doing. And reading one book, like maybe I'm not going to do every month, and I like more to listen than read. So I want to have that joy when I do stuff. I don't want to be like, a, I have to do this. If I like another way and I'm getting the knowledge to another way, I want that. So that's what I find out the sandal to. It's like it's flexibility in this, right? It's like I'm not looking for, for perfection. I'm not looking for, oh, I didn't see it. Okay, this is over. No, I'm going to start again and I'm going to do with joy and I'm going to enjoy it. I'm not going to do it like because you have to do it. That's what I found that and we come to the last talk. Um, so when we talk about Sangha, so what's happening is like, like as, as I say, I'm a listener. So I like to listen more than talk. But I have my ideas here and then I'm like, oh, I want to say this and then I want to say that. But when I when I come here, I'm like, oh, okay, is there an closing? What am I going to say? Like my, my mind is black, like totally white. Like I don't know. But this happened to me before because with the Yukai studies, it's like, what am I going to say this time? And then you start talking with the Sangha and then the ideas come. And then you guys, every one of you like put ideas to me and I'm like, it's making sense. So thank you to <laughs> Yeah, it's like a puzzle, like it's going yeah. That's what Sangha Tell me, like, like, put the, the idea, the clear idea, like, yeah. Yeah. Like, different physical. Yeah. 
Yes, this is a very important aspect of a Sangha, right? To allow ourselves to feel comfortable to express ourselves, right? To not feel judged and to say something, even though I think it may sound stupid or whatever we think, right? But I'm not going to say it because it doesn't matter, right? It's no judgment. I'm just going to express myself. And then I'm going to listen and then express myself again, right? And to have this freedom to express ourselves, right? To feel comfortable, it's a great way of supporting each other, right? To give ourselves that, that freedom, to give each other that freedom. So thank you. Yes. So this is also my first ango, and um, I always, like, I always seen my father um, here often, and like um, when I was younger, like more about like 15 or 16, I don't remember exactly. I started to, you know, dive into you know sazen and, and kind of caring about that, but then at the same time, it's like, yeah, but it doesn't work for me. And so I would like leave it again and again, just because I didn't really. It's not that I didn't understand what was needed, it's just at the time I was not mature enough to just sit down and, and take that. And I just didn't allow myself to have the vulnerability to dive deeper to myself. So whenever that was able to open up, I was just like, okay, now, now I'm leaving. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. And then move on. So um, actually being part of the Sangha more, this Sangha and um, just in general this year, has really helped me, and I think one of the coolest things was really being there for like Sazenkai. Like, I hadn't done that before, and so kind of taking part in everything and like getting help from different people, and like um, while also being quiet is kind of really was something that you never you can't explain. I don't, I can't explain how the feeling of you know Sama is, especially in those moments when you're here the whole day and you then move on to having more pain as, as uh, you know, a result from being here so long, especially through my knees now. I don't know why they hurt so much. <laughs> so, um, all that. Uh, but for, so it's really nice to have that kind of community, even if it's, um, sometimes it's, you know, a silent community and it's like a feeling that you listen from silence and from being there. And sometimes it's audible and you can kind of hear different experiences and relate to them and so I kind of have heard many uh, stories and kind of relate to that and realize okay we're not alone like we can all get through it so my commitments are actually to do daily sadhan at home more than anything but also here and I think although it's been up and down I've, did, I've done a lot more than I like give myself credit for sometimes so at home, I was able to, I had school for most of this ongo, and I was able to wake up at 5.45 to do meditation at 6 for 30 minutes, and then go to school, which was sometimes very tough, because you wake up, and you have to realize that you have to get there on time, um, to, well, there as in, like, my dad and I would sit, but he would sit 45, so he would sit at 5.45, I would wake up at that time, sit at 6. And so then it would be 45 minutes for him, 30 for me. And then I have to go to school, but I was already late, like, sort of thing. Because at 6.30, it was like, you have to be there by, like, 6.45 for me. So I was like, if I was dragging at all, it was too much of a push. It was like, sometimes really difficult to get there. Um, and then 
kind of being here on, on Sundays and all that. So although it was up and down some days and it was tough, uh, I did do a lot more than I've ever done. And I definitely saw that myself changing through that and seeing myself kind of dive deeper into who I am and, and my experiences. Um, and then my second one was just kind of acknowledging anger and acknowledging that that's an energy I have. And recently, it's really gotten deep because I've gotten to the point where if I felt any anger, even if I let myself go into that anger, um, I then realize it more often and realize it quicker. And usually at the time that I realized it, because I wouldn't realize it beforehand, but I would never do anything about it. I, would, I didn't know what to do. And I would, it would just spiral off worse than it would have if I just acknowledged it. I was like, OK, I'm back, back up a bit and like, see what's going on. Um, so recently, so that I would have done, usually what I would have done was, you know, I'm angry, I'm, I'm mad, ugh, and like, I leave it alone, or I yell at my sister, or whatever it was. And then I would be like, fine, I'm going to watch TV, because I don't, I want to like get a distraction. And really, what I needed to do was sit. And so recently, I've been able to feel the anger, see it, and like it, and kind of, instead of push it away, acknowledge it, say, like, okay, I know you're here, then go sit down for even if it's 10 to 20 minutes, even if it's not full 30. It's something that has really helped me, because now the more I do it, the more I realize it, the, the help it has for me to not cause harm in others, but also in myself. So all that has been amazing, and I want to thank all of you for helping me in, along the way, silently or audibly, you know. So thank you. You guys, Shoji. Um, so uh, this is the best angle I have ever had in my life. That was a big angle. So uh, what I learned is that yeah, to maintain a practice, the best way is to just stay in person. So luckily, I have a lot of difficulty this summer. So I forced to learn. And, uh, well, if you stay in the present moment, then you see a lot of suffering and difficulty all over mm -hmm. every day. So that's already a material that we can practice. So as far as we stay, we see what we are facing, then that's already practice. And uh, then I start seeing as you stay in the present, the, my true nature is perfect. And nothing wrong with what I have. But basically, the thinking mind is making us in the world. So, uh, so if I stay in that present moment, and uh, my trainer is telling me this is the best way to do it, you do it, then no matter what happens, that's, that's the way. But if you start questioning whether you should have done this way or you should pick other way, then you are making mistakes. So my next uh, angle commitment will be how much I can uh, actualize this in any moment in the real life. Can I really stay with it? Can I trust my true nature and always telling myself that's the way? So uh, don't don't question. That's that, that's that's what you need to do. So, but it's not always easy to do that. It's, we always have to learn. So 
question of how much of the scale that's going on in this angle. And uh, for Sangha, I, I use Sangha as the uh, sort of practice here to uh, express. And so basically, I bring the energy and uh, I try to crack it so that I can irradiate my energy to the Sangha member. So even though it's like a tapping shoulder or short conversation or just a uh, small hug, but I try to release uh, the energy and irradiate so as much as I can and other people comfortable too. Not, not thinking too much, but just, just using energy to irradiate the people. And uh, if I can do that in some level, then I can do other in myself. Yes, I try to expand it. Yeah, Sangha is the, well, if I cannot do it in Sangha, I cannot do it outside of the universe. So it's the Sangha, and Sangha is the easiest place to do it because I can trust it. So that's what I have. Thank you. So either one of you want to say something? Go at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> It was first angle for me, and for me, it was a good opportunity for me to review um, my life and see what I need to make my life better. And deadline is good. <laughs> a period I have to work on is good. And having group where you know I have to get comfortable is good helps. So um, what I usually do um, is like I put it into my routine. <laughs> so you know I dedicate like certain time a week to do this. So it was good, and but my meditation forty minutes was a little ambitious. <laughs> I have to. And so it was good, good opportunity and. Yes, good experience. And uh, for Sangha, um, I participated as much as I could. Um, I went, I did session for the first time. Um, I, meditation I have done for many years now, but I used to belong to a group where we sit but we don't really talk to each other, we don't socialize. And so it's uh, new for me, but I'm really trying to be a part of it. Thank you. Thank you. No, no, this is uh, Mitsuga and shared something that he's not here, but he's going uh, to gonna read that on his behalf, but go ahead. We're going to end with that, but let's go ahead. Um, so um, I feel not very clear, and um, that always makes me feel disappointed or uncomfortable. Uh, but I will share anyhow. I had two main commitments, and um, 
the first was in Zazen, I will practice learning to be present, that is, stay with what I am experiencing in a relaxed and curious way. And that came out of my last ango where I reestablished the daily sitting practice. So, um, so this commitment I plan to carry forward because um, it's a major koan for me. Um, I'm not always sure what it means. I um, resonated with, I think it was Hiroshi, who said that it may have been someone else, forgive me if I'm wrong, um, that if you are truly present, you come into contact with a lot of pain and suffering. Um, and um, so I have a question too, just in being present, like when I'm sitting, well, first of all, am I being present or not being present? I can notice that. But then, if I am being present, you know, there's a whole range of choice of what I'm present to, uh, because there are a million things happening. Um, so, um, so that's my ongoing kind of koan, and it applies in life too. Um, and um, one thing I feel good about is that for me and Ango, I've decided to not make too many commitments because then it just leads me to disappointment <laughs> and um, trying, trying, trying. So, um, so I feel good about this commitment, and as I say, I want to carry it forward, and it can be very challenging. And um, as Ango has gone on, maybe I have practiced it less, but it still pops up. And my other commitment was to participate in this year-long, um, I think this process called Interrelation Focusing. And it's a year-long course uh, called Untangling that meets online 24 times, and then you practice uh, in between with various partners. Um, and um, it relates to my first commitment. It's practicing being present to the emotional forces that, um, in my case, are running my life a lot of the time. And um, learning to let them emerge in a different way in sort of a meditative space um, that can hold them but not be taken off. Mm -hmm. And um, Sometimes I find my uh, dojo practice and this practice, I get confused. Um, I feel they really dovetail, but I still get confused because the language is different. And uh, so um, if I'm feeling very involved in that practice, then like I said, I'm not clear. It feel, I feel a little less clear about my practice here. So, um, but I'm not stopping either one. So, um, 
Although in some ways, something in me says, well, this uncle, you didn't do a very good job. I'm not stopping. So, I guess that's it. Do you want to say a few words? Sure. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I guess I'm the type of person that, what you described in the beginning, anger doesn't work well for me. <laughs> Not at all. I find myself to be an extremely disciplined person that I commit to something, I follow through, but this actually was something that I guess turned resentment in me. And I think it was because it was commitment to myself and not to somebody else. And I don't know why that is but I found that it was extremely difficult. And the more I thought about it, the more like frustrated I got. Mm -hmm. So I commend all of you who were able to follow through even a little bit. <laughs> um, I'm not gonna say I didn't do anything, but I, I noticed it created anger in me like that. It became a have to instead of a want to. Mm -hmm. Whereas before anger, I did all of this stuff without issue with enjoyment. Mm -hmm. So yeah, and this is actually very important, right? What Dogen meant by saying that is, is that it's going to bring up a lot of stuff such as that. And, it's going to, and, and actually, this is very important as looking at Sangha, just to wrap it up. So Sangha has a twofold purpose in a way, or functioning. And one of them, and in terms of just all activities, all practice, not just uh, Ango, uh, the Sangha and the practice are meant to bring out all those things you just described, all those things that are there, and then, and then to support us individually working with that and freeing ourselves from that. Not, not putting the, 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 the baggage on the activity, but realizing that has nothing to do with the activity. You see, if somebody is saying, go do that, and this came up before, and then I feel resentment, it's not that I have to make this person go away or not show up in front of that person or and avoid that. No, that gives me the opportunity to look at why am I reacting to this, right? And then work with that and free myself from that while being put in that uh, environment or in that practice. It's a choice, of course, because we can always not practice. Um, but that's what it's going to bring out. And I don't know any practitioner, I never met a practitioner who did not feel uh, resentment, anger, uh, dissatisfaction, uh, resistance, all, all those things combined. All practitioners experience that. And that's the beautiful thing about that. It puts us, as you know, one ancient said, it puts it on the tip of your nose so you can't not see that. And when you, when you see it all the time, it's right there and you, and you learn something. You learn, you realize, wait a minute, it feels as if this is trapping me, but it's not. And that's what Dogen uh, was trying to say in that. Although you may feel this, that's not what, what's going on. And then how do you get through that, right? Now, this is not just magic wand. This is, in a nutshell, this is our practice. Our practice is to to, to bring up all those challenges in front of our face and then to learn or to, to, to look at them from a different perspective, actually. So, yeah, this is very important. And it's bound to happen. And if it's not Ango, it is Zazen. If it's not Zazen, it is, 
you know, having lunch together, you know, jihatsu style. If it's not jihatsu style, it's seshin. If it's not seshin, it's somebody else or something else. Something or someone will bring it up. Guaranteed. Well, we all know that, right? It's just a matter of time. So then, what's going on, to, to ask the question, what's going on right now is essential. Not, why are you doing this to me? That doesn't matter, because somebody else will do that, or something else will do that. Why am I feeling this way? Why am I, why do I feel hindered right now? Am I hindered, or do I feel hindered? That's the amazing beauty of practice. It gives us the chance, the choice, to actually look at things differently to turn things around. Anyway, that's, it's good. I'm glad you brought it up. It's very important because everybody experiences that. Yes, you see a lot of nodding heads. Yes. This is a important So if you're true nature saying that you're not clear, it's totally fine. I think that's who you are, that's what it is. The, uh, maybe this is the, um, you know, just a one step to go to the, the flower, to be happy in, but you are the one, you know, blaming yourself on this one. You are the one putting your burden. And if you think that that's, what you, that's a process, and that's okay, then you're not going to do it. It's absolutely part of practice, right? There's no way to, uh, there's no way to cut those uh, intense emotions out of practice. And no need to cut those intense emotions. It is absolutely part of practice. So, let's conclude with uh, Mitsugen. Okay. Um, dear son, thanks to all of you for maintaining... Raise the volume a little bit. Letter. Yeah, raise the volume, just so we all know. Thanks to all of you. This is for Mitsugen. This is for Mitsugen. Dear son, thanks to all of you for maintaining a powerful practice throughout this long period. It is amazing to me how the communal practice fuels the individual practice and makes commitments easier for every one of us. This has been more intimate for me during the sadhu. I was lucky to sit at the wee hours of the morning with my son Vince, and we both noticed that it was much harder to do when for some reason the other person was not available. <clears throat> this is what the whole topic of the sadhu was, and I can't agree more with that on how relevant it is for developing a stronger practice. Besides the regular sitting and attending sadhu events, my main commitment during the sadhu was to start an outreach for our practice to the world. I reckon that any outreach actions should contain three pure precepts. One, do no harm. Two, do good. And three, do good for others. In practical terms, I concentrated in two general actions. One, how to bring the monastery to the supermarket, to piggyback on the shoe sale discussion last week, to perform everyday tasks, doing no harm and doing good. And two, actively practicing good for others through volunteer work. For the first action, I tried to become more aware on how I meet people in situations being aware of where other people are coming from so I can relate to their emotions, and more importantly, being aware of my automatic self and its intentions. <clears throat> the last six months have been very intense for me emotionally. The story involves the separation from the brewery I worked so hard to start in the lawsuit. What's going on the story, what's going on in the story is not the most painful part, though. The worst was dealing with my own storytelling and the full spectrum of emotions that resulted from them, from self-pity to anger to frustration, hopelessness, intense fear, etc. I'm sure you can picture it. I worked then on letting these emotions be without acting on them in a way that will clearly create more harm. Letting these emotions, letting those emotions be, be also allowed me to connect with other things that were happening in life. 
That was probably the biggest change in my, on my previous ways to handle emotions. When I succeeded, I was able to fully engage in relationships, activities, and life in general, despite the big problem I had. Interestingly, it felt to me that I was not focusing on that big issue at all times. I was failing somehow. That sensation is what I needed to overcome and focusing my attention on what was going on and mainly on others was the key. It's amazing how much more open the world is when I recognized that I could leave my brain and its stories be without engaging. As for volunteer work, I wanted to participate in activities that involve relationships and people as I recognized that is what I need more practice Therefore, with the help of Hokai, I connected with an organization called Family Problems. This resulted, as you may know, in our Samba committing to providing food to homeless people in a shelter in Hackensack in November this year, which I think will be a great experience for us. In addition, this organization focuses on providing shelter to working families with kids, and there was a need for help during weekends and weekends. That's where I am today, this moment, and sincerely, I could not think of a more fitting closing to my ongoing commitments than this opportunity to help that I was given. Looking forward to the next Sangha to continue strengthening our Sangha with Kyotai in the rings. Uh, there was something else I wanted to say. Um, we, I don't know, as a Sangha, sometimes I think we forget, um, or we may overlook the fact that um, we have Roshi, who's not just our Roshi, but um, a member of our Sangha as well. And um, an integral, integral part of how we look at each other and how we, the, the teachings we receive from him. And I just want to express my appreciation um, for his being there because all the things that he's talking about, the frustrations, the anger, the resentment, the, this is not right, what's, what's this going on for? You know, that he must get, I, I can imagine, in Dokuzan from every single one of us, <laughs> different things that we, we bring to him. And that he so gladly and, and lovingly um, dispels for us. Um, I just wanted to express my deep appreciation and gratitude for, for his teaching and for his presence and for um, his patience in, <laughs> in allowing all that to be with us and um, just, just allowing us to be that way and changing it for us, or helping us to change that within ourselves. So thank you so much. Thank you. And and his birthday is tomorrow. Move <laughs> <laughs> on. That's forward. Okay. Thank you. So we conclude, and uh, as you heard, Kyotai will be uh, the next in line. And uh, right to lead our fall ango, um, and uh, the, she has some great ideas, which I'm not going to share with you now. <laughs> it's still formulating, but great ideas of going forward, deepening, but also using uh, what we have cultivated thus far, and going further with that. So, personally, I feel very encouraged by your practice by what you've been putting in, uh, including by your intense frustrations. Um, if, and I want to end with that, if practice doesn't make you frustrated and angry and all kinds of emotions, it's not doing what it needs to do. If practice makes you feel good all the time, look for another practice. Or look to change the way you practice. 
It's good to feel frustrated. It's good to feel anger. It's good to feel uh, resistance and resentment and everything, all of it. Those are the hindrances. And if we go somewhere else because it makes us uncomfortable, we are taking all those emotions with us. Wherever we go, whatever we do, they're going to come up. So it's up to us. Well, this is the pure land. It's up to us to make it. We'll finish with that. Thank you. Thank you.